in this, in this time that me and my wife have been here, Ali and I um, have been here, we started this residency about a year ago. Um, we, just, we just literally popped up. We, sh- we just popped up to Lubbock. We were like, hey, we here. No take backs, okay? We, we f- figure it out. Figure it out. We just literally pulled up. We're like, hey, our U-Haul, our still been in U-Haul for two weeks. They want their truck back. We need a place to put it. We're going to put it in Lubbock, all right? <laughs> Reached out to Pastor Chuck, and, and, and he, with arms open wide, welcomed us and loved us and kind of allowed us to sit under um, him in this season and learn and grow and, and, and just walk out some things. And, and, and there's been a lot of moments in our life that we've been married together, which is, which is man, when, when you have kids, it's like dog years, man. It's like seven, eight, ten. I forgot. I don't even know. Right? Um, fellas, that's your way to get out of How long have we been married? I don't know. We have kids. It's, it's, it all just runs together. It all just runs together. Um, there's been a lot of moments for us to be healed, right? There's been some moments where we've been able to be healed in certain areas of our life. But there's not been many opportunities to walk out what it looks like to be healthy. And anybody who's broken a bone, torn a ligament, uh, who's been through some things, know that there's a difference between being healed and healthy, right? It, it, it healed is, 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 is I'm good. Healthy is it's functioning the way it's supposed to function. And, and, and healed means, hey, I can, I can walk, but healthy means I can run. And, and there's some times and there's things that God is calling you, us to and maybe calling you to that there may be times where you have to take a season of being healthy to fully step into what he's calling you to do. And we had to acknowledge that. We acknowledged that. We said, hey, we got to get healthy. We got we to we get restored, you know. And, and, and we're not fully there yet. I still got some weight to lose. Thanksgiving sent me back. All right? Ain't no shame in my game. I, I had, I, hey, three times, okay? Don't, don't judge me, okay? Judge yourself. All right? Ain't good. But, but we're going to bounce back, right? But, but there's been some areas in our life for us to walk out what it looks like to be healthy and what it looks like to, to, to have some healthy conversations, not only in our family with our kids, but in our marriage, in our personal life. And here's one thing I've learned about being healthy. It ain't always happy. It ain't always joy. It's joyful, but it ain't always kikiking and ha ha ha, okay? There's, there's some difficult conversations, but when done the right way, it looks healthy, and we've been able to do that. And out of that healthiness, right, out of that walking this thing out, we have, we have prayed through, walked out, and are praying and stepping into what God has called us to do. Originally, he put it in our heart back in 2018, but this year, we get to make the decision that um, coming right around the corner, we are stepping into planting I Am Church. That's right. We're going we're gonna to be planting it. It's going, to be, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be planted in the North Fort Worth area. And here's what I know. Um, I know that I, didn't, I knew nothing about planting a church before I made the decision we were planting a church. I thought I knew. I was like, oh, yeah, this is about to be a breeze. And then I sat in some meetings and I read some things. And I'm like, wait a minute. You need a launch budget, an operation budget, and this budget, and this, and that, and fundraising, and mission, and vision, and this, and that, and this, and that structure. And it's all of these things. And, man, I've had the privilege of having Pastor Chuck sit with me and two other pastors uh, walk, walking me through this SIN network kind of training to kind of help cultivate these skill sets and this knowledge that you need to build some things, to lay some foundation down, to walk out what it looks like to plant a church in a healthy way. We all know there's churches that are planted unhealthy, right? We all know some unhealthy churches. I'm not throwing no shade, okay? I'm not throwing no shade. I'm just saying. 
There's a way to walk it out healthy. And uh, Pastor Chuck has come alongside us in this season and walking us in that and out, and we're walking out in that. And there's a lot of information on imchurch.life. That's our website. If you want to go, go read more about it, go figure that out, go, go not figure it out, but, but step into that. You can go there to experience that. But in this time of us being together, I'm going to take the next couple minutes to unpack kind of the DNA and the heartbeat and what God has commissioned and called us to do, right? And in this moment, you may be listening like, okay, Don, that's cool, but I didn't come to church. I came to church to get a word. Here's the prayer. The prayer is that in this time that we're, that, that we're unpacking this, that this is something that not only impacts my life, but it also impacts your life in a way to where your perspective is radically changed on the things we're going to unpack today. Right? Because I believe that God's given me a word to, to not only, like I said, change my life and impact my life, but to shift and change some things in your life as well. So if you're ready to dive in, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, let's pray. God, right now, I pray that um, you move in this place like only you can. God, that you allow your presence to be felt all across this room. God, that you allow your voice to be the loudest voice in this room. God, that you allow um, us to be met by your presence in, in, in every way we need to be met, whether that's love, mercy, your goodness, your kindness, everything that we need. God, let us walk out of this room radically changed by what's getting ready to take place right here in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> now, you may be wondering, Dom, why the name I am for the church? Why, why did you name, why did, why did you, how did you land on that? How did you get there? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you the first, the first reason why we kind of landed on the name I am is simply because of the power of the name I am. It's just the power behind it. It's literally referenced in the Bible over 300 times and when it's referencing God. In the Bible, the first time in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, and the last time in Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. Over 300 times in referencing who God is, who Jesus, I am. And there are two, there's two particular scriptures that stick out to, to me the most in, in all, of all of those. And the first one is found in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And we'll read it. And it says, it says this. It says, God said to Moses, I am who, who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, some context around that, right? We need some context. Now, I need some, like, make that make sense. Well, there was, there was this group of people called the Israelites who were in Egypt, who had been enslaved in captivity in Egypt, working, and they were praying for, to be saved and rescued, and they were praying to God, God, send somebody to set us free. God, we, 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 want, we want to be freed. We want to walk into your promise. We want everything that you have for us. We're tired of being in Egypt. We're tired of being a slave. Send us, send us somebody to save us. Well, God got a hold of this man named Moses. While Moses was minding his business one day, doing his thing, kind of doing his, doing his thing out, outskirts of Egypt, and there was this encounter where God finally convinced Moses, hey, go and free my people. Go. I need you to go back to Egypt because Moses ran away from Egypt. Because I need you to go back to Egypt and I need you to free your people. So after a while of convincing, Moses, okay, cool, I'll go do it. But I just can't go do it in my name. I need, I need to be sent. Like I need, I need to, who, who do I tell them to send me? I can't say a burning bush. They'll look at me and laugh. I need something powerful. And God says, I am who I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And I can only imagine Moses with his pencil and his notepad taking notes. 
And it says, okay, I am who I am. Okay, who are you? I am. Moses writes, dot, dot, dot. What's next? Because he was, I can only imagine he was waiting for this like out, out, like big name, the, the, the greatest of greats, the champion, the people's world and this and like all of these big names. But, but no, here's what Moses didn't understand. God knew that Moses and the Israelites would need him to be different things in different seasons. And God knew that if I left it just to fill in the blank, then you'd be able to call on me and I'd be able to step in and step up to whatever you need me to be. See, I'm so thankful we have a fill in the blank God. I'm so thankful that there's been times in my life where when I needed him to be my provider, I could call out his name. When I needed him to be my healer, I could say Jehovah Rapha. When I, when I needed him to be my provider, he was my Jehovah Jireh. When I needed him to be my, my banner, he was my Jehovah Nisi. When I needed him to be my peace, he was Jehovah Shalom. See, I, I'm so thankful that he could be all of those things for me in the season of my life that I needed him to be. And God knew that, hey, you're going to need me to be some things on this journey. Because what I'm calling you to ain't going to be easy. What's ahead of you, you gonna, ain't going to be light. You're going to need me to be this, that, and some, and more. So go fill in the blank, and I'm going to show up. See, that, that's so powerful when you realize that he's the great I am. He's the, he, that's just who he is. And so when Moses went back, he went back and said that. Long story short, guess what? His people were set free. Why? Because God showed up and God showed out. The second scripture in John chapter 18, verse 5, we see this, we see this, this, this interaction between Jesus and the people who had shown up to arrest him. He says this, he says, I am he, Jesus said, and Judas the traitor was standing there with him. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. Now, I was reminded of this scripture in a conversation I had a couple weeks ago when I was talking about I am. And I went back and I started reading that thing. And I started reading that thing again. And I said, oh, that's good. And I said, that's good. That's really good. And here's why. Because this, in this part of the Bible, this scripture is talking about a time where the soldiers showed up to arrest Jesus. The pushback the people who've come to, to crucify him, the people who, who come in to convict him of, of, of committing some crime, some treason, showed up. And they said, wait, 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 we're we looking for this man named Jesus, the king, we, we, this, this guy. Who, who, who is he? Where is he? And Jesus very boldly stepped him and said, I am he. And here's, here's what I want you to catch. When he said, I am, the people who, the same people who were there to persecute him, and to arrest him, flew back and fell to the ground. Don, what is that? What are, you trying, what are you trying to get me to see? I'm trying to get you to see that as we step into what God is calling us to do, as you step into what God is commissioning you to do in your own world, in your own life, and at work and at home, the enemy ain't going to just sit back and just say, key, 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 go ahead, do what you got to do. There's going to be some haters, some people, some, some people that try to stop it in between, show up to the scene. But you have to understand that even they have to bow down to the name of I am. That even they have to submit to the name of I am. Even the pushbackers, the naysayers and the haters have to say, wait up, hold up, wait a minute. He didn't put some Jesus in it because he's speaking that language. When you say the name I am, it carries power, not just to free people, 
but to, 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 to protect you and to, and to hold you and to guard you from the same people willing there to push back and, 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 and tear you down. So the, not the power of the name I am. The second reason is mobilizing the church. I say this all the time when I come up here closing up the service. I say, don't leave it here. Don't leave it here. Here's why. What happens in these four walls is important. It's very crucial to, 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 to your, in your journey of walking out what it looks like to live a sancti sanctified life, to live a righteous life. It's important. Corporate worship is important. And I think that, that we need to get back to, 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 to realizing and understanding how important it is to be at church on Sunday mornings, how important it is to have your students here on Wednesday night for youth, how important it is to have your kids a part of the grow curriculum, how important it is to get your, to get your family to the house. COVID came and shut some things down, but guess what? Not here in Lubbock. Lubbock was the only town I knew that was ready to shoot COVID. Y'all like, watch out, COVID. I got a gun. I'll take you out. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm with them. I'm with them. Vaccine. I don't need the vaccine. They got a gun. I'm with them. I'm with them over here. I'm standing over this side. Love it. Y'all ready. Y'all own group of people, man. I'm with y'all. Y'all my peoples, okay? Don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. But we got to get back to realizing that, that what happens in the four walls is important. However, it's not supposed to stay here. It's not supposed to stay here. We've been called to go, make disciples, baptizing them in what? The name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We ain't been called to come in and walk in the church, get our coffee with our little two pumps of cream and our sugar, come in and sit down and, and, and have moments. Oh, man, I'll let it be done. And leave and go home, and that's it. No. We've been called to go and preach the good news of Jesus, to share the gospel to make a difference, to make an impact. And so I am, when, when, when you say I am, we're, we're, here's, here's what it is. You're declaring I am the church. Hey, what church do you go to? I go to I am church. That's interesting. Yeah, because we believe we are the body. We are the church. The church ain't defined by the four walls. You are the church. We are the church. So there's a, there's a commissioning when we say go, mobilize, let's go, let's push back against the gates of hell. Let's mobilize the church. It's so important for us to understand that the, 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 the go and make disciples, baptizing the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We've been commissioned to take charge, to go, and to take a stand. And we believe when I am church, when you say, I am church, you're declaring that you are the church. Here's the cool thing about the body of, 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 of Christianity. Turning point, you are the church. Whatever church you go to, you are the, we are the body. We are all necessary in this thing called getting kingdom to, to, on earth and experience heaven on earth. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's this body working together to understand that we have been called to go mobilize the church. And the, second, the last one is it's just a creative, unique way of, of inviting people to church. I just was like, oh, I've never heard of I Am Church. I've just never, never seen it. And then I Googled it. Guys, here's one thing about Google, okay? 
Don't Google stuff, okay? Because then you get your feelings hurt. Like, Google. I got a bump on my big toe. Google. Death. That's, 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 that's really all Google's really good for. <laughs> Google's good for just killing dreams and hopes, right? I was like, I ain't no I am church. Go on Google. Uh, I was wrong. All right? But we get just unique, creative, and unique just name for a church. The power in the name of, the, of, of I am. The mobilizing and the ownership of claiming I am. And just the uniqueness of being able to invite people to church. I am church. I am church. And that moves us to our mission, our mission statement. And, and I didn't just get here overnight. This mission statement is something that's been brewing, that's been, that's been, that's been written down a hundred times, erased, circled out, X'd out, ripped up, thrown away, came back, got it, wrote it back down again. And we got to the point of understanding this. I Am Church exists to love people to Jesus. That's what we've been called to do. We, we feel like we've been commissioned to love people to Jesus. Here's why. Because we believe that if we can love people to Jesus, not only will people experience salvation, not only will people experience life to the fullest, not only will people experience everything that they need for their life, but here's the, the, here's the thing. We also believe that there's a group of people, not a turning point, but we believe there's a group of people that have been hurt by the church, that feel used and abused, forgotten, pushed to the side, not cared about, and just, ugh. And we believe that we've been called to love them back to Jesus. We've been called to love them back to Jesus. And so our goal is to say, hey, we want to just love people to Jesus. That's what we want to do. Our Sunday mornings, love Jesus. In the community, love to Jesus. And well, what about, what about what, what, their, their political views? Oh, we're loving to Jesus. Well, what about, what about this? Huh? We're going to love to Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, take care of it. Jesus, Jesus got it. I don't know about you, but, but every time I've been in Jesus' hands and, and walking with him, I've had everything I needed. Everything I needed has been found in Jesus. Matthew 11. It's the message version. Verse 38 and 30 says this. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Whoo, freely and lightly. Freely and lightly. I just, I, I just, I didn't even say this the first time. But I just really, really seeing that word lightly reminds me that says you are a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Hmm. Lightly. Man, that's so freeing. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest, real rest. Walk with me. This is what it looks like to be with Jesus. 
This is what it looks like to be in the presence of Jesus. It's just saying, hey, come to me. I'm, I'm here. He's pursuing us. And maybe, maybe you've never heard this before, whether you're online or in overflow or you're in the room. Maybe, maybe you've never heard this, but, but Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He, want, he, want, he desires a relationship with you. Jesus says, hey, I, I'm here. I, I'm, I'm pursuing you. I left the 99 for the one to show you I'm in. I'm in on you. I'm in on you. So how are we going to mobilize this? It's easy to say love, love people to Jesus, but, but how do we do that, Dom? How do we love people to Jesus? Cool. Great. Awesome. Well, we believe that this is our vision for, for, for I am. And these are, these are and, here, and when I walk through these, when I walk through this, I want to challenge you to write this down and apply some of this to your own personal life. But the first one is love, love, love people beyond what we see. Now that's such a cliche. Duh, Dom, we've been called to love people. We Christ followers. What you mean, love people beyond what we see? It's easy to say it. It's harder, and it's another thing to, to be about it, to walk it out. Because when I say beyond what you see, I'm talking about the, the couple that, that's, that's messed up, jacked up, tore up from the floor up, that you know that's, 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 that got some mess in their life, that every time you see them, you go like this, mm-mm, mm-mm, run, run. I'm talking about the person who doesn't believe and what you believe in. I'm talking about the person that, that, des- that necessarily doesn't have the same political views as you. I'm talking loving that person beyond what you see, right? The whole goal is loving people to Jesus. Loving people to Jesus. Oftentimes, we don't, we don't interact with people because they're projects or they're messy I don't really have time. I'm so thankful that somebody saw Dom as a project and loved me past what they saw. I'm so glad that Pastor Chuck and Pastor Jill took Allie and I in with everything we were carrying and everything we were dealing with and said, hey, we're going to love you past what we see. I'm so thankful for somebody looking at Dom and Allie and saying, Mm-mm, we're not going to take this, what we see, for, for just our face value. We're going to look at what's in your heart, what you have to bring to the table in a sense of what the potential you have. I'm so thankful for, for somebody for the men and women who loved on me. I'm thankful that they loved me beyond what they see. I'm so thankful. The second one is to share to be more like Christ. See, this is, this is, this is one where you, you get people, right? It's like a double-bladed sword right here. Serve to be more like Christ. Now, the first part of this is to serve in the house. It's to serve in the local church. Now, you may be coming to a turning point, you're like, Dom, I don't serve. I'll tell you right now, there's areas for you to serve in. We can get you signed up to greet. We can, we can get you signed up to work in youth, to serve in youth on Wednesday nights, to usher, to serve in the tech team, serving kids ministry. There's areas. There's, there's I like to call SAT words, plethora. 
of areas. If you don't know what that means, that just means a lot, okay? That means a lot. That means a lot. It's a lot of places for you to serve. Go, 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 go to Grow Track. Talk to a staff member. Talk to somebody who's been here for a while and say, I just want to get plugged in. I just need to serve. Why? Because Jesus says, I've come to serve, not to be served. And we've been called to imitate Christ. We've been called to be like Christ. And if he's come to serve, we got to be, we got to be willing to serve. We got to be willing to hold the door. We got to be willing to say, hey, would you like some cream with your coffee? We got to be willing to serve in kids ministry. Not me, but you. I got four. I'm doing my job. I'm good. We got to serve. We got to serve. We got to get out of ourselves and start being the hands and the feet for the house, for the church, for the church. But then the second part of that is in our communities. How are we serving in our communities? Are we picking up, are we picking up trash when we see trash? Are we, are we holding doors for people? Do we just have a heart to serve? We have a heart to say, hey, hey I, I, I'm all in. I just, I just want to walk it out. Man, what's wrong with him? He just, he always holding the door. The best way to hold a door is go somewhere, automatic doors, and just put your hand like this, zing, and let somebody walk in. You just open the door for them. Serve. Have a heart to serve. The last one is, is, is grow together to fulfill God's purpose for our life. Now, now, that's strategically put together, grow together. Why? Because we've been called to do life together. We've been called to, to be in community with one another, to be around like-minded people. Not one person in this room, online overflow in this planet was designed to be alone. We see that starting Genesis. God saw that men, God said that men was not fit to be alone. We were called to do community. Iron sharpens iron. Walk it out with people. You're like, Dom, I don't know where to, I don't want to find a community. Right here at Turning Point. Right here. This is a house where there's community groups. Young married, singles. Young with kids. Uh, empty nesters. There's groups for everyone. Our corner groups. There's a group for you. Get in community because we were called to do it together to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. For our lives. God designed us to be in community. I'll tell you this right now. You're not going to get to where God has you going by yourself. It ain't gonna happen. I done tried it. Ain't work. It doesn't work like that. You got to get in community with people. Okay, let's read Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 one more time. I wish I knew how to like write on this, like the apostle, but I can't figure it out. So, hold on, let me try. It's 11.30, so we got time. Oh, yeah, figured it out. They done messed up. Mama, I made it. Uh-huh. Are you tired, worn out? I'm gonna overuse this, man. Burnt out on religion. Look at this. 
Come to me. Oh. It's all right. I'll get it. Come to me. That's what, that's what he says. Come to me. Why? This is, are you tired, worn out, burnt out religion? This is Jesus saying, I'm going to love you beyond that. I'm going to love you beyond what I see. I'm going to be, love you beyond you being tired, you being worn out, you being burnt out on religion, the customs, and all of this and that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to love you. Get away with me and recover your life. I'll, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. What is that? Serving. Get, get, being a part of the getting your hands in, into the work. With the hands and the feet, we've been commissioned to work. We got some work to do. We got, we got to get in the game. There's too many spectators. We got to get in the game. We got to, hey, there's lost people to reach. We got to go. Learn the unforced rhythms of, of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep, keep company. Here's again. With me. With me. With me. This is Jesus talking. Loving beyond what we see, serving, grow together, company. I'm not just up here just, just winging it. No, this is scripture. We're just walking it out. We're walking out scripture. We're walking out with Jesus, loving people to this. This is what we're walking out. This is what we've been called to walk out. You've been called to walk it out. It ain't just I am church. It's, it's we are the church. We are the church. Are you loving people to this? Are you loving people to that? Numbers 13. We're about, to, we're, about to, we're about to be done, I promise you. We're about to get out of here. Numbers 13. Now, now this is a this is a a a a, a kind of going back to what took place in Exodus that we read of Moses going to Egypt and freeing God's people and said, hey, let my people go. And then walking it out. And they made it all the way to the promised land. And when they got to the promised land, Moses sent 12 guys in, 12 spies, to go in and get a report and come back. Go scout the land. And when they came back, 10 of the guys said, there ain't no way. There ain't no way we can do it. He says, but the men who had gone up with, with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they are spread among the Israel, Israelites. They, they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. They said, the land we explored devoured those living in it. All the people who, saw, who we saw there are giant size. Check this. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. Now there's many different, I feel like, messages in this, this scripture, in, this, this, in these verses. There's a lot of different ways you can go, right? The company you keep matters. Why? Because they'll influence you. They'll, 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 they'll keep you where they, where, they, where they think you're only capable of how far you keep them. How, they'll keep you at the level they think only you're capable to be at. 
that matters who you keep around you. Or maybe, you know, identity issues. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. How you view yourself matters. Why? Because God views you as so much more than just a grasshopper. That you can do so much more in the name of Jesus. That if he calls you to it, if, you're, if he's put your name on it, there ain't nothing that can keep you from it. Right? We, we can go that way with it. But when I read this today, here's what breaks my heart when I read this. The mess, here's what I, I see. I see this. Because if you explore Numbers 14, they ended up convincing everybody that they couldn't do it. There were only two guys who said they could. Caleb and Joshua. So we can do it. But these 10 guys, they, they were louder. And the punishment was that due to the lack of faith or dead faith that these men had, they had to wander around the desert, the wilderness, for 40 years. So, so what, do I, what breaks my heart is that these people, God's people, physically made it to the promised land but spiritually stayed in Egypt they physically made it to what God had for them they physically made it to the to, 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 to this newness wholeness freshness but spiritually they didn't have enough faith to step into it they didn't have enough faith to step into what God was calling them to do I'm your understanding. I can't love people beyond what I see because I don't even love myself. How, how am I supposed to serve? I don't have nothing to bring to the table. Not, I don't have nothing to offer, Dom. Grow together. People don't even like me. I don't have any friends. Oh, no, 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 I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't step into that. I can't step into that. There ain't no way, Dom, I'm, 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 I'm going through a divorce. Who's going to listen to me? I just lost this. I, I just got fired from my job. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the resources, Dom. I got a smile on my face today, but, but when I leave this place, I got to go back to the reality that life ain't what it all seemed to be, be built up to. I don't, I don't, I don't Dom, you, you're cool. Love people beyond. Serve people like Christ. It's a real motivating message. Here's the deal. Because these guys, these men, and we're going to throw women in there too, because I don't want any women to be like, mm, it wasn't me. It's all of us. Because of the lack of faith, they had to step into what God was calling them to step into. Not only did they have to wander around for 40 years, but generations behind them had to wander around for 40 years. Hold up. Have a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, a two-year-old, and a 10-month-old who just started walking. Pray for us. So what I'm saying is, there are things in my life that God has called me to, to defeat some giants, to take on 
some things in my life, some strongholds, to break some chains, to, to, to stop some generational curses, to take a stand of faith, a boldness that God is calling me to, that wait, if I don't step into it, my kids are gonna have to deal with? Yes. My grandkids are gonna? Yes. Well, Dom, how'd you come to that conclusion? Well, if they had to run around for 40 years, everybody, if there were 11, if there, if there was a seven-year-old girl among these people, that means she had to wait until she was 47 years old to step into God's promise. 47? That's a long time. Why? Because a group of men, a group of people didn't have faith? They didn't believe God? They didn't trust him? Which is so crazy because he's already brought them through so much. Brought them through the Red Sea. Provided manna for them in the wilderness. Gave them comfort. Provided, gave them shelter. Said, I'm here for you. But they still doubted him. Here's what I believe wholeheartedly. I believe this church with my whole heart that the stand that the church is getting ready to take, the faithful, full of faith stand that we're getting ready to take as a body, if we step into loving people beyond what we see, if we step into serving to be more like Christ, if we step into growing together to fulfill God's purpose for our life, here's what I believe generations, what will happen, generation, gener, oh, oh yeah. Here's what I believe will happen with generations. Generations are going to go from death to victory, from shame to grace, from fear to faith, from sorrow to joy, from dread to expectation, from bondage to freedom from death to finding life in Jesus. If we can step into what God is calling us to do, we'll see a generational impact of freedom take place to where we'll be able to see generations behind us not only live in what God wants for them, but to fulfill God's purpose for their life. So here's the thing, church, we gotta go. And I'm not talking about all moving to Fort Worth. I'm talking about the church being mobilized. I'm talking about the church taking a stand. We, we, we got to go, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. We got we got we got some things we got to do. But however, it's all going to be worth it because there's lost people that need to be reached. We got to teach the gospel. We got broken hearts to bind. We've been called to step in to what God has for us so that people can experience life through Jesus.